Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, offering compassionate healthcare for all. Learn more about their services, including statewide access to medication-assisted treatment for alcohol and opioid use disorders at ucsonline.org. Today is Friday. It's the 18th of August. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. COVID-19 levels are trending upwards across the country. IPR's Natalie Krebs reports that's due to a new, more contagious subvariant. The World Health Organization has identified the Omicron subvariant EG5 as a, quote, variant of interest. However, Nancy Wild, the manager of infection prevention at Unity Point Health, says the variant doesn't appear to cause more severe illness. It seems to be more contagious than some of the initial um, earlier variants that we saw, but it doesn't appear to be showing a change in or an increase in severity of symptoms. Wild says Iwin should check with their doctor for advice and to make sure they are up to date on their COVID vaccinations, especially if they are seniors or have underlying health conditions. UPS workers have until August 22nd to vote on a contract the Teamsters negotiated last month. It would increase wages for the company's 340,000 workers nationwide, including 800 here in Iowa. But not all workers are on board. James Bartlett is a Teamsters union steward. He delivers packages for UPS in Milford and Okoboogie. He's a yes vote for the contract, but says there's a fissure between rural shops like his that like the contract and part-timers in larger cities who want to hold out for higher wages increases. Under the five-year agreement, part-time workers would be raised up to no less than $21 per hour. Just like in a presidential election or anything else, you have to make your voice heard. And if our rural area doesn't represent itself, then we're going to let these bigger centers absorb our voice and tell us what to do. Teamsters leadership has recommended the deal, and the company has called it a win-win for the union, employees, and the company. They vote on a new contract every five years. Hot and humid air invades Iowa this weekend and could stick around through the middle of next week, according to the National Weather Service. While conditions might be uncomfortable for humans and animals alike, they potentially pose a problem for corn producers, as IPR's Sheila Brummer explains. One major thing dominates Dave Rossman's life. Weather runs everything. Rossman, a farmer from northwest Iowa, says this season has been a mixed bag. And we got really dry in July. Recent rains helped. And usually corn thrives with heat and humidity. But Rossman worries warm winds will dry his crop up. Well, we're supposed to be in the upper 90s and windy, so there's going to be a lot of evapotranspiration. But we can't do a thing about it, so we just sit back and watch. The recent USDA crop report shows both corn and soybeans rated 58% good to excellent. Rossman loves the independence of farming, even though he is dependent on the forecast. The state unemployment rate held steady at 2.7 percent for the third straight month in July. Iowa Workforce Development spokesperson Jesse Doherty says the number of people entering the workforce continues to increase. He says the workforce participation has steadily worked its way back since the pandemic.
And with classes starting next week for hundreds of thousands of Iowa students, many school districts statewide are facing a common problem, a lack of school bus drivers. In northwest Iowa, Lamar's Community School Superintendent Stephen Webner says they've tried to prepare for the inevitable. There is a major bus driver shortage for schools, and it's not just a Lamar's issue, it's not just an Iowa issue, it's a nationwide issue. Uh, We have not pinpointed why exactly, but... We have seen this coming for quite some time, and it's finally catching up with Lamar's. An online report shows a wide range of school bus driver salaries in Iowa, with some making as little as $16,500 a year. It's here first. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR. Peaches are synonymous with summer, but this year consumers may notice there are fewer peaches and they're more expensive. That's because weather knocked out peaches in places like Georgia, South Carolina, and Illinois. For Harvest Public Media, Will Bauer reports. In deep southern Illinois, Flam Orchards is known for its fresh peaches. Austin Flam is showing me around the orchard's processing facility. This is such an untypical year. Normally, these doors are open. Usually, the Flams would process hundreds of thousands of peaches every summer with the help of seasonal workers. you got to use a little bit of imagination this year. While the line's not running, it, it doesn't give an accurate representation. The reason it's not running? A cold spell in late December knocked out 90 to 95 percent of his crop this year. In the big refrigerator-like warehouse where Flam stores the peaches, the bad crop is just as obvious. What normally would be chock full of peach bins is nearly empty. To have a loss as bad as we've had this year, it's very rare. This is the worst loss we've had in about 16 seasons since 2007. And Flam isn't the only orchard that's had a bad year in the U.S. Georgia, long known as the peach state, lost 90 percent of its crop this year. Farmer and president of the state's peach council, Duke Lane III, says oddly enough, it was warm weather that zapped his peaches, making it the worst year since 1955. And so it's hard to say, you know, we're due, like that doesn't feel good. But it's not the first time it's happened, and it won't be the last. The fruit needs to stay chilled for so long. Warm weather too early in the season can be devastating. South Carolina is the second largest producer of peaches and had only a slightly better year, losing 60 to 70 percent of its crop. Kay Rensel, the executive director of the National Peach Council, says as a result, there's a national shortage this year. With such a significant number and volume of fresh peaches coming out of Georgia and South Carolina in any typical year, it does make a big difference to the marketplace and the availability of fresh peaches. So peach buyers will notice two main things this summer. One, a lack of local fruit in the areas with unpeachy weather, and two, the price. Nationally, the cost for the fuzzy fruit is up 25 to 50 percent. While the Southeast and Georgia especially are known for its peaches, California is actually the top producer by quite a bit. And the good news for peach fans this summer, Rensel says, is that California had a good year. But that's not making it any easier for peach growers in the hard-hit areas, like southern Illinois. 
Near St. Louis, 7th generation peach farmer Chris Eckert says it's tough to guesstimate just how much he lost until he's done all his math. Our overall is probably more like half a crop. We're going to be pretty excited about a half a crop if, if we can get that. And why exactly this year turned out the way it did for the Illinois orchards is kind of a mystery. For Eckert, he wonders why his crop did better than his southern Illinois peers, or why the Gala variety took the cold so poorly when the Red Haven did so well. His best explanation? Weather creates strange situations. That's kind of the world we live in, is the weather is different always. These types of one-off situations are not that unusual in our world. It's like, well, that's never happened before. This disease never was here before. That insect was never here before. Peaches are the biggest moneymaker for Eckert, so a short year like this isn't ideal. But the U.S. Department of Agriculture does offer crop insurance for peaches. And farmers, including Eckert and Lane down in Georgia, say they're hopeful next year will be better. After all, they say it can't be much worse than this year. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Will Bauer. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News, covering agriculture, food systems, and rural issues. This is here first from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening this week.